TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 550, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hey, this is Peter from West Hollywood, and I write for uh, We Live Entertainment. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. Hi, this is Tom, and I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Yusun from Los Angeles, TV enthusiast and costume designer. All right, let's start off with the news. Tom, go ahead, lead us on. Okay, ABC has promoted William Stanford Davis as AKA the janitor on Abbott Elementary to series regular. And they've also announced that HER will star as Belle in a Beauty and the Beast hybrid 30th anniversary special. At Amazon, Rupert Everett and Malcolm McDowell have joined the heist series Everybody Loves Diamonds. AMC announced that Tatiana Maslany will star in and executive produce Invitation to a Bonfire. They also announced that Kristen Ritter will star in the Orphan Black sequel series, and they've added John Wirth as showrunner to Dark Wind Season 2. At Apple TV+, Brie Larson's Lessons in Chemistry has added seven to the cast, including Lewis Pullman, Bo Bridges, and Kevin Sussman, who's kind of on a roll right now. The Godzilla and the Titans series has cast father-son pairing Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell. Oh, wow. That makes sense. And they're probably yeah. not cheap either. Uh, they picked up physical for season three. Uh, Morning Show season three has added John Hamm to the cast. And for all mankind showrunners, Matt Wolpert and Ben Navidi have extended their contract with Sony Pictures TV. And we haven't been talking about it, but season three ended with the bang, literally. Um, Edwin Hodge will join FBI Most Wanted on CBS. CW announced, to no one's surprise, The Flash will end with a 13-episode season 9. At Disney+, Plus. Uh, aside from upcoming price increases, $3, uh, $3 more for uh, the Disney... Uh, what's regular Disney+, Plus without ads right now, they're adding an ad-supported tier uh, soon. Shea Coulee from RuPaul's Drag Race will join Ironheart. At HBO Max will merge with Discovery Plus next summer. Ugh, good old Discovery. They killed the Batgirl movie, which Ooh. cost dollars to make. Um, was finished shooting, and their excuse is it tested poorly, air quotes. Yeah, that didn't stop them from releasing Steel with Shaquille O'Neal, or Catwoman with Halle Berry, or Wonder Woman uh-huh. 84, which was just awful. Um, they are also uh, they also canceled uh, Kevin Smith's Strange Adventures anthology series. Um, people who are fans of Titans and Doom Patrol should be there. They have right to be concerned because a lot of the DC properties are not looking good, which might be why CW will be winding down theirs. Even though Superman and Lois has a season three pickup. And uh, Stargirl has a season three yet to air. 
They also announced during an ad for Pretty Little Liars, Original Sin, that the season finale for season one is actually the series finale. Oh. So our fears of anything that was previously picked up for another season by HBO Max, like Hacks, could be on the chopping block. Yeah. Um, Imogen Reed will join Ellen Pompeo in an untitled uh, limited series about an orphan. She's a, she's a little girl and Ellen Pompeo's not. By the way, I forgot to mention Ellen Pompeo is scaling back her duties on Grey's Anatomy. Why did they pick it up for another season if she's not going to be in all the episodes? But whatever. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, Keanu Reeves is going to star in and executive produce Devil in the White City series adaptation from Martin Scorsese and Leonardo DiCaprio as producers. In Ooh, the- all I heard was Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you said afterwards. I just heard Keanu Reeves. <laughs> NBC announced that Freema Adjaman will not be returning to New Amsterdam for its final season five. Netflix picked up Love, Death, and Robots for season four. They canceled First Kill, and they greenlit a, an animated film, Scrooge, A Christmas Carol, with Olivia Coleman, Jesse Buckley, and Luke Evans as voice talent. Uh, Paramount Plus, in the Teen Wolf movie teaser, Allison is back from the dead. And also, there is a new spinoff coming with Sarah Michelle Gellar starring. Don't don't mess up her name, because then Keller. I was I was waiting I was waiting for you to say her name right, and I was like, wait, who? Don't do wait, that. I also thought. How that. did I mispronounce her name? Show me Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, but you did a weird. Never mind. Continue. Yeah, I thought so too. I did honestly. Uh, iCarly reboot has been picked up for season four. Peacock has given a straight to series order for Hysteria, which is a satanic panic Dungeons and Dragons drama with the Honor and Thieves directing duo attached. And Days of Our Lives is moving from NBC to Peacock only after 60 years um, uh, broadcast. So that's one less soap opera. We're, we're down to three broadcast soap operas now. Uh, Yellow Jacket Season 2 has added Lauren Ambrose as the adult version of Van. And Showtime also canceled The First Lady after its first and only season. Stars announced that the power spinoff, Influence, with Lorenz Tate, is not moving forward. And finally, Resident Alien Season 3 has been greenlit. Yay, I suppose. <laughs> I'm mixed. Wait, I thought we are in, I thought we were in third season right now. No, Resident no, Alien. we're in the second half of Season 2. It's like they broke uh, Season 2 in half. Got it. All right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Westworld. We have two episodes to discuss. The first one we want to talk about is Fidelity. And that episode rocked my socks because I really liked the idea of Caleb having different versions of himself that's like decaying because the body they put him in will only last like three days. Uh, So he's like locked in his cell and he's looking at other versions of himself that's like dying. And, And though the whole time when he does this whole, you know, he finds the cylinder, he poison himself and gets out the hole with the fire and all of that I was like this feels staged and the fact that I don't know why he didn't feel like it felt staged like they obviously let him out to do whatever to lead him to something and I thought they were it was like a trap to lead him to their his daughter um it wasn't quite that but sort of but the episode was still pretty fantastic. This was probably the best 
showing by oh God, what's the actor? Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. This is definitely the best showing of Aaron Paul in the show, and because otherwise I've just been pretty bored with him uh, until we got to this episode, and then I was like, yeah, all right, I buy it. Uh, what you guys think? Well, I was I was kind of like you. I thought that it was it was a trick to get him to you know be. Uh, the one who leads them to the rebels. Right. And um, so when it was just, well, we just wanted to hear you, you know, make a recording to your daughter. And no, I think they wanted to understand his motivation and they want motivate. Yeah. But I mean, all they let him do, it's like they, they just, he, he did that. And then they stopped him. I mean, you know, if he'd kept going, maybe he would have led them to the rest. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, it's like, but well, they also well, knew his body, his body was about to die. Like he only had like an hour. It wasn't like he was really going gonna... to... I, I don't think that it's just three days. I think it's just that it's sort of an indeterminate period of time that he's they, they degrade. You can't put a human mind inside one of these bodies. So they, No, they, they said they specifically made his body to degrade within... That's what the timer was for, that red sand. They He only... That's how long his that particular body had to survive because they built okay. in a, 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 like a kill switch. Um, okay. That's why he was like bleeding out of his eyes and all of other stuff. It was really gross. Um, yeah. Well, because they've had they've had others that you know just they go crazy. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I I was I don't know I like you I've never been all that invested in Caleb and now he's pretty much become like the focus of the show and and so it's like I want to. I want to get back to to Maeve and to to Dolores and you know the characters that we've been following all this time and and they've sort of been shuffled to the background. So even though this was interesting as in a, from a conceptual point of view, um, like you, I was always saying, wow, you know, if I saw like a bloody handprint over here or an arrow pointing over there, I'd go in the other direction. Yeah, um, I really did feel like it was a setup. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just leading you, you know, in in a way that clearly has not worked in the past. That's uh, true. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like, well, that way lies failure. So why don't I try something else? But apparently Caleb's not that smart and they know that. Um, so they just leave these clues there. So, yeah, that that part of the story wasn't that that keen on. And the, the other part, of course, is trying to to uh, reboot Maeve. And I was a lot more interested in that. And uh, I, you know, I was waiting for, for that to happen. And they kind of leave that to the very, very end of the episode. But um, the dynamic uh, between Bernard and, and Caleb's do- uh, adult daughter, I'm C. actually enjoying. C, yeah, they call her C now. Um, and I, I like that. I like the two of them playing off each other. I, I'd like to see more of that. Um, so the, yeah, yeah. So the, all of that, all of that bit, and finding out who who the the mole was amongst them. Although I kind of figured out who it had yeah, to be. Yeah, that felt like um, that was pretty obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's, it's so th- that that part was great. It's just they keep they keep doing things that are I just don't associate with Westworld. It's like kind of you know they're stuck in in this. New York City of the future, and I, I don't know. I just don't feel invested in the show like I used to. I would say that this season is better than last season, but that's about the best I can say about it. Uh, Tom, do you have any other thoughts, or do you want to move on to the next episode? Uh, just just one, one bit of information. 
Um, C is played by Aurora Perrineau, as in Harold Perrineau's daughter. Oh, from cool. Oh, okay. Uh, but so, what did you think of the second one, which was now that uh, they're trying to break Kate? Now that she's got the message, they're trying to break Caleb out, and they're trying to destroy the tower. And it's very lofty missions that are going forward. And Bernard, I, I like the scene where Bernard says goodbye to the, the Hemsworth, whichever Hemsworth that is. Uh, uh, when he says goodbye to him. Ooh. He's like, oh, am I going to die? Oh, okay. And I was like, I don't know if that's what Bernard was saying. And uh, he since he's done the scenario a million times. So I thought that was interesting. But I'm, I'm sorry. I was going to let you talk. You guys sorry. I was going. I, I want to loop back to something Allison said. Here's, here's my problem with definitely season three and even season four you've added all these new characters to the map, but you're forgetting that we're invested and have two plus seasons worth of interest in the original characters. Mm -hmm. So anytime you devote screen time to anybody else, and I like Aaron Paul as an actor in general, in general but face it, last year, his character didn't have, he was basically Maeve's sidekick. That was yep. the, like the yeah. only thing that made it interesting. This year, a little bit better but you still have and plus they kind of did this soft reboot with the whole thing where the computers have won ooh and now they're being evil and doing thing, nasty things to the humans and uh, it just felt it feels a little bit like a dog chasing its tail oh I, ca I, I caught my tail what do I do with it now I'll keep eating the tail so any specific thoughts about the episode because my specific thought was the, the when the man at the yeah with Ed Harris when the man in black goes through and just starts shooting everyone seriously and I was, and I was like wait did he just kill all the black people <laughs> I was thinking the same thing I was like wait wait oh a my minute. god I, I keep thinking did anybody consider the optics of this scene I was just or like was intentional somehow I, I mean, don't uh, know but I was like he killed three main characters and they were the three main black characters. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, and yes, I did notice. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, Apparently. granted, we know he's evil, but he's evil and a racist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be taken that way, but that's the way I it know, looked. Still, yeah, yeah, it did look. Fact, it, that looked bad. Um, and then the question is, are how many of these deaths are going to stick? I mean, Maeve literally well, was just dead five seconds ago. And I don't think any of them are going to... They're robots. Yeah. You can have as many as you want. They're toasters. Exactly. And we've already been told, too, that this Maeve is a copy. That the real version of her is, if you want to say real version, is is already in their their idea of paradise, is in the great beyond, or whatever it is they call it. Um, so she's... We, we already know that she's a copy that Bernard made. So, yeah, they can make another one. Yeah, but Bernard, Bernard has to. I was about to say, but Bernard has to be the one to make it, and Bernard has a problem with a bullet in his head. Yeah, there's that. But then you know there could be another Bernard somewhere too. Okay. Who knows? He could have made a backup. I I don't know. Uh, well, to be fair, if anybody would have made a backup because Bernard knew everything that was going to happen ahead of time, why wouldn't he make a backup? Why wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, That's the only true. thing that I was when I was watching it, the only thing I was thinking of is that the the thing that Bernard um, and I thought it was going to play a bigger part in this but maybe 
not until next week or something, was uh, Christina. She's the wild card because there's no way he could he could predict her. Right. She's she's off doing her own thing and nobody's aware of her. And so I thought that she was going to to play more of a, a disturbing role. I mean, it, she, you know, like she, she was going to be the factor. Stuff off a little bit, but not significantly. Yeah. No, she hasn't done anything that's really. I mean, she let Caleb out, and that was that was pretty much it. Everything else, as far as where where Bernard and Maeve uh, and Hale was concerned, which is what I thought she was really going to to influence. They kept she passing each other, right? Yet. So yeah. I think at some point, you know, that's that's going to happen. And of course, we just learned that. She is not actually physically in that city. I don't know how. Oh, yeah, that was so weird. And she was like, how come nobody can see me now? I was like, wait, what? Yeah, it's that was Even strange. better, if that's the case, how did they see her before? How did she I, lift I, a cup I, of coffee? I, know, that is, I don't know. Like, that I, was weird. Just, and yeah, very confusing. So none of it, I guess, needs to make any sense. Well, they only have one episode left to make something happen. I don't know. I mean, I was really hoping this season would be self-contained, but it does not feel like that's going to be the case. No. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Only Murders in the Building, and we're going to talk about episodes 7 and 8. And episode... I know what happened in episode 8. What happened in 7? I don't remember. But... Um, I'll tell you what didn't happen. We didn't find out about the paternity thing, and they keep... Oh, because they turned off the lights. Oh, right. That's yeah. true. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Because right, right. they, they, they turned off the lights right when he was getting the email. They wouldn't load. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, right, right. Seven was the amusement park, I believe. Or I know it oh, was. Oh, right, with the glitter bomb. And then, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. Had the glitter bomb. And then she's chasing the guy through the amusement park. She gets found by the deaf guy that I can't think of his name. And they decide to go investigating in Staten Island to that amusement park. And then they run into the guy with the glitter, and there's a fight, and running, and hiding. And that storyline, I don't know how I feel about it, because it seems that her character keeps doing dumb things. Like, I mean, the show's silly and fun, but I don't really necessarily... I think of the characters as kind of goofy, but not really dumb. And it Mm. felt like her actions... Were strange, but I did like the puzzle thing. I like the whole about Mabel. Mabel, yeah, I like the whole puzzle thing and turning the pieces upside down and all of that. Like that was a really cool imagery and a really cool like story point. But her chasing some like she doesn't trust the deaf guy that I can't think of his name. She doesn't trust Theo. him. Theo. Well, she has Theo. a reason not to. I know, but I'm saying, why would you go chasing down a murderer with a guy you don't trust who might have killed somebody too? So now you're surrounded yeah, by two that. murderers. That was yeah, a terrible idea. We know that he accidentally killed her friend years ago. We know that, but she thinks that he might have done it on purpose. Well, I, even even that sort of dodgy, they they never really come down. And frankly, it looked more like you know they were fighting over the ring, and she accidentally went over the side more than that. He pushed her. Right, but we—that's uh-huh. something that we know. So she doesn't know but that. She doesn't know it. Right. But the thing is, she, he he did he did kind of rescue her from because she was she was just running wildly after having thought she yeah. stabbed someone i get that and, and he brought her in so she's she's kind of sort of temporarily trusting him you know I, seems, I, I, and I, I, I frankly i like the the dynamics between the two characters the the actor who plays theo has has kind of a, a charm about him that that really registers and there was definitely a frisson between their two characters that i liked at the end I, so i did you know, too but i just both. thought 
yes, go bond with the guy, but not chasing a murderer down. Like, that feels like the wrong kind of bonding experience. Her backstory, though, I thought was kind of heartbreaking, especially since we, you know, we as the audience get to see it, and we suspected that something bad had happened to her. And as the story unfolds, we can figure out where it's going. But still, I thought it really kind of fleshes out some of her psychology as a character. True. Yeah. True. True. And why she doesn't she doesn't trust her her own instincts a lot of the time. And the, this this episode was important also because she she realizes no she wasn't you know she didn't stab the person they you know they attacked uh, the she she actually saw who the murderer was after they had attacked Bunny, um, but not clearly enough to be able to identify them. But she knows for a fact that she didn't have anything to do with the murder. Right. Also, wasn't this the episode where um, one of the side characters, the, the cat, cat cat guy, the cat guy uh, went on a date or, you know, spent the... That was the next oh, that's ep- the one after. That's a, but that's fine. That's the one after. But go ahead, because we, we need to keep we moving. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I liked that. I mean, there was a part of me that was sort of like, why are we spending so much time with him? You know, I like his character. Um, but at the same time, I feel like if this goes on for another season, which I don't know, I don't know why it wouldn't, right? Um I would imagine that, you know, opening up the world, you know, and uh, with the different kind of side characters would make sense. You know what I mean? Uh, just giving it a wider kind of breath and, you know, you know, so and I thought it was a really cute meet cute. And I thought the whole thing was really adorable. So, you know, just to, to, it was a large focus of the episode. Um, and uh, so I thought it was sweet. And, and, you know, it made the cat guy more than it's more. I don't sidekick isn't even the right word. Um, yeah. So I thought the whole thing was a meet cute. The, the whole thing was, yes, it was an aside. And I feel like maybe it was a tiny bit too long. Um, but I thought it was nice and it was kind of refreshing. Also, somebody remind me, because no one's talking about the huge reveal. Maybe it was because we haven't gotten to this episode yet, but hello, glitter on the neck, right? Yeah, the cop. Well, that was very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't say this out loud to anyone, right? So, and, and y'all can choose whether or not to believe me, but um, I don't know if he is the actual murderer, but I totally knew, I mean, not knew, but I had a feeling that he was. That's he because that actor always plays a bad guy. That guy no, always, no, it was always just plays because- a bad guy. As soon as you no, see it. no, it was it was even simpler than that. It, and 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 I won't argue whether he always plays a bad guy because he definitely always plays a dumb guy. But um, but uh, he's just too big of a name actor to like do nothing, and he really didn't do that much this season, right? And multiple times, I, like I said, I never talked about it on podcast, and because he hasn't even been on to talk about. But I I absolutely when we started the show, kind of was moving us towards you know who is that? Who could it be? You know. Glitter bomb, dude. I was like, am I the only one that knows that it's Michael Rappaport? You know what I mean? Like, I was like, I don't, this doesn't seem like remotely a surprise. So for me, it was more about how they were going to reveal who he was. You know what I mean? And then as soon as he showed up at the blackout, and that I was like, out, I coincidentally was in the area yeah, for this blackout. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. So then I was like, oh, here's where the reveal is going to be. So that wasn't particularly, you know, uh, a surprise or, or, you know, interesting reveal. Um, so for me, that probably, I would say is, Probably uh, the weakest thing isn't isn't right. That's not the term I'm looking for. But for me, I, I just kind of was like, wah, wah, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, and then lastly, I, am I not remembering at all what happened to Cara Delevingne's character? The, you know, did, did, did No, did, she disappeared. Did, after after the, the bit where though. she came in on her draw, um, doing a theatrical 
version right. of, the, of the murder. Right. Um, that was the last that we've seen of her since. Right. And there was no reasoning or no, 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 no showing why she just disappeared. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Goodbye. I've got an art show in, you know, Texas. No, like just, you know that was it. nothing. Okay, that was confusing to me. So that's it. Just, All right, that well, was we, we need to. Well, you know, well, also, like, I, okay, I, the only other thing I wanted to add was that um, I think the point of the neighbor having the potential romance with the guy is it clues in on Rappaport being allergic, because that's another key thing is the sneeze. So like, right. it is, yeah, it is technically like on the one hand, it's a way of of giving us more about the supporting character, but it totally ties into the murder thing because you're like, oh wait, that person. So we know that because we know that when Braz, I keep calling him Brazos, when the daughter, when the Charles. daughter was in the in the thing, the person sneezed. So right. we're waiting, ah, right. like, oh okay, like. So he's right, allergic right. to cats yeah, or whatever. Yeah, so it like, could so be that, that we. I think I think you're right. I, there's there's a possible. So we've got another suspect. Right. Uh, right. So that's important. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, let's, let, but we, still, yeah. we need I, to I still wrap, wrap this one person though. I think I think that there's like more than one person involved. Like it's a, some like it's a conspiracy. It's that a cabal. But we but yeah. we need to we need yeah. to wrap this up, those guys. We've been on it for ten minutes. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on. Obviously, we thumbs up. For sure. only murders. Oh yeah. Uh, next sure. up, we're gonna talk about Better Call Saul, and the last two episodes have been in black and white, which means we're in the future, which is kind of counter to what you would think how black and white works. But uh, <laughs> on Better Call Saul, if you're in black and white, you're in the future. If you're in color, you're in the present. And so Breaking Bad was the one where we also had in black and white, but black and white color. And black and white color, but the color last week was we got to see. Uh, uh, Heisenberg and um, Jesse. Jesse, thank Jesse. you. Because I was like, right, I was right. about to call him Jimmy. I was like, that's from not right. Two weeks ago. from two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that episode before. was better, but what kept throwing me off was inside the Winnebago was obviously a different set because it was so much space. I was like, when did the Winnebago get so big? And it was obviously a set, and it just kind of threw me out of the moment a little. You're but, not supposed to think about it. You're supposed to be thinking about. Wow, they got Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul back. Yeah, but and they, they look so old. <laughs> That's not what you're yeah, supposed like to like. Anakin Skywalker didn't. He didn't. <laughs> okay, back. they did not look like Anakin Skywalker. Okay, no. they, they, it the, wasn't I mean, that Anakin bad. Anakin Skywalker looked plastic. Nobody looked plastic here. They just looked old. <laughs> it was fine. Like I don't know. Like I guess I was expecting a more poignant nope. return. That's all. The, the the whole purpose of that, the title of the episode and recalling Breaking Bad and, and, and showing where this fits in, is the fact that whatever happened in that phone call with Kim in black and white basically pushed, pushed uh, what's a gene from Cinnabon over the edge because he's willing to steal from this guy, from, from Kevin Sussman, who's dying of cancer. He's willing to break into his house and do all this stuff. Yeah, it just yeah. it put him in a really weird emotional state. So that was his Breaking Bad moment, I suppose. But I mean, even even the two losers he works with didn't want to go that far. Yeah, they were yeah, like, dude. Yeah, like the guy has cancer. Come on. Yeah, but I think he was so... associating cancer guy with Heisenberg, and I think he he had some anger issues that he had to work oh. out. And then Waterworks is where we find out what exactly transpired between Kim and Gene. And the other side of the phone call. That was uh, a good phone call. 
And the thing is, he basically dares her. What are you gonna do? Turn yourself in? And, he does. <laughs> and guess what? And fesses up. Why? Because she's got a freaking conscience, and you don't. Yes. <laughs> so there. That that whole episode was an amazing showcase for Jean Seenhorn. Oh. She oh. was amazing yeah, in that. She's so good. I mean, they better give her the Emmy this year. And but but oh my god, the the beginning that showed what her life is now was. Oh. Uh, I didn't think Torture. they could get more depressing than the Cinnabon thing, but this just just wiped it out completely. That this was like life in hell. I mean, yeah. absolutely horrible. And that boyfriend of hers, uh, yep. her love making yep. scene. Yep. Yep. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> I I like died a little inside as I was watching that. It was terrible. What What's but funny it, is that when people were expressing their fears about Kim not making it to the end, and one of the producers said. You know, there are some things worse than death. And they showed it to us. <laughs> yes, they did. They definitely did. Oh man, that was that was awful. But it was it was just brilliant acting on her part. The the breakdown on the bus. Breakdown the the confession bus. to Oh to yeah, that wife. bus scene. I oh. was so uncomfortable even it watching was... it. It just all of it was just like I was like, it was so nice? real. Yeah, absolutely. It was just like she had held it in too long and she couldn't do it anymore she, that's she, years of grief and yeah. and horror at her own actions just exploding all of a sudden yep yeah that was really good peter you hadn't talked in a while what do you think i thought no no i thought i i thought it was great i i am i'm really chomping at the bit i i, I really can't wait to see the big finale tomorrow like i'm or well we're recording this on a sunday so i mean like i i'm really excited because i'm like oh man they have so much to so much ground to cover in a final episode but yeah i thought that kim i think in the biggest my biggest observation was that when better call saul started uh, is it six years six or seven something like that pandemic time makes up um my big thing with that was i was i was like well you know jimmy is like you know he's con man and he's kind of a goof but he's not really like dangerous it's more like <clears throat> this guy you know, who becomes Saul ends up, you know, working for these super dangerous people. But when we were watching Breaking Bad back in the day, I think we all knew that Walter White had to go down. You know, most likely he would get killed, but they're like, he can't, he can't get away with everything. It's like, it has to end with him. Like, I think we were kind of hoping Jesse would get out, you know, but it's like, oh, Walter White, he's probably going to get, he kind of has to die. And with Saul throughout most of the show, like, of course, I don't want him to die. But I just assumed I was like, oh, the show starts with him in the future and it's like he's hiding out and he's just, you know, we kind of like him, even though he's also kind of an idiot and stuff. But like he's a con man, but we like him. And then we've gone through this whole journey of like him transforming from Jimmy to Saul to now Gene and Gene, while he's not Walter White. I mean, he tried to strangle episode, Carol Burnett. You <laughs> just don't come back before, from that. Before before strength before the possible Carol Burnett strangle, there's the moment where he's in the guy's house and the guy wakes up and he's considering bashing the guy on the head. Yeah. It might have knocked him out. It might have killed him. What? Or smothering with a pillow. Right. So you're like you're like whoa. Like Gene is like it's like he's really prepared to do violence, you know. And I had never really thought of that. Like for his character. So now I feel like he has to go down. I was like, well now I'm like, so in this episode, right. So like Carol Burnett 
goes on her thing where she's like, his name is Saul Goodman, he's in, in my house, and we know that Kim basically signed this whole affidavit saying everything that happened, even though technically they don't have any evidence. So, like, now I feel like, yeah. I, I can't imagine... I don't necessarily imagine the same kind of fate that befell Walter White, but now I am very much like, oh yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he's he can get away with everything. I don't, I don't even, I don't think I want him to anymore. You know, like so that's interesting to me. All right, we got to wrap this one up. We got to wrap this one up. Um, so definitely thumbs up for Better Call Saul. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Motherland, and I think it's episode seven and eight. And Tom, why don't you lead us on that discussion? Since uh, I have not I watched talk it. About eight. I, I skipped over seven to just watch eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell us about eight. Go for it. The, the best part of the episode is when um, the elder Bellwether straight, straight up murders uh, Chief from Galactica. He was, <laughs> he was being a jerk, and she just starts tapping her favorite pin on the desk rhythmically. And then it starts mimicking his heartbeat, and she straight up makes him have a heart attack. And I'm like, you go, because they totally underestimated her, and he was being all pretentious and mansplaining to her. And meanwhile, you know, the, the witch, the whole quest thing, you know, they're fulfilling the aspects of the quest. Um, for me, and the reason I skipped over episode seven, because face it, it it's been very plotty this season, instead of being really emotional core driven aside from you know all the witches have their two of the witches have their significant others but it was good to see i can't remember of the uh you know general mom take out this dude who's being annoying and the three you know now that our quartet of witches are reunited at the end and everybody's playing well with each other they surrender thus ending the occupation of the session and who knows what will happen in the penultimate episode of the series bum 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 <laughs> Uh, who else uh, gave this a shot? Watched I watched it. it. And? Um, I thought, I, I mean, it was a good episode. It, it you know, it pushed the, the plot line forward. Um, we we ended up with um, the, you know, the, the finally uh, getting getting some control back from the Camarilla, which was, which was good. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, there's, I think they're just, there's a lot of feeling that this is kind of dragging out. Like we keep going over the same things over and over again. The, the most, uh, I think the biggest thing that happened in the episode was that, um, uh, Alder is dead again. Um, uh, presumed possibly, dead. I didn't see a body. We haven't seen a body. So who knows? Um, uh, they made a point of it's, uh, the, it being too far North for the mycelium to be able to reach. So who knows? But, uh, you know, it was that was that was the most important thing that really happened in in the episode, and the rest of it, I don't know. I just feel I just get this treading water kind of feeling, like you know, which is, is weird. It feels yeah. strange because they they were told you have one season to wrap everything up, and they're like, we don't know if we have enough time, and then you're just like, uh, okay. But I think we're forgetting, I think you guys told me that, um, and I think you guys gave the show a pass because of it, or sort of a medium, medium pass, because the blonde character, I wish we could remember her name. Yeah, she had uh, a car accident, but they just said she's she back. She had a car accident. Yeah. No, no. You, I'm, I've been watching the series. Oh, in real life? So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 It is. So it's not about, my point isn't that it's, 
I'm not, my point isn't that, oh, well, the show should be better because she's back in an episode. I think you guys were the ones that said that at episode two or three, they had to pivot the entire season. Right. That they had to rewrite it, that they had to, you know, I mean, I can't imagine. explain why she wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And she obviously had nothing to do. And so that absolutely was a, and she's very active character. She's got the witch bomb. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, no, I'm saying of the leads even to me. Do you know what I mean? Like the the look, I they're obviously all important, you know what I mean? Like and they each have their own specific power, you know what I mean? That you know, the you seeing the future is a very big one, right? But still, I think being kinetic, physical, I literally mean physically important. She literally needs to be there, you know what I mean? Like I could easily see them using the future girl being in a coma but still somehow being able to like see the future and like show them or you know mentally or something right her body is like not working but she could mentally put the images she has into someone's head you gotta have the girl to do the witch bomby stuff you know what i mean so i agree with everything that you guys said but i think we're forgetting that earlier on in the season we were sort of willing to or giving them a pass kind of because we were like i don't know that like i was the one that was more critical than you guys about the beginning of the season i was like no it seems kind of boring to me so that being said i mean i don't disagree with what your guys are saying i just wanted to remind you guys that i think they're definitely handcuffed by the fact that she was gone for half the season well i know i know because i i was the one who brought up that she had right exactly in a a car accident and i understand that you know for for that 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 can just hit you from behind as far as the writing is concerned but she's you know her character is back now and they they should be firing on all cylinders they should be actually trying to make up time that they lost earlier by having to write certain things and instead i still feel like we're just we're just kind of walking you know treading you guys didn't even talk about episode seven and i actually enjoyed episodes tom didn't even see it tom i will tell you this it's not that it's a standalone but for me the part that was actually the most uh, interesting right and it's a trope and we've seen it before but i thought it was well done was when you know because there's always that uh you know trope is the wrong word but there's always that storyline of like when there's a rebellion or people you know the sort of nazi sort of like taking the people who are part of the you know thing and then anyway so the the episode showed when the witches a a portion of the witches came with the humans to kill other witches so you're having witches turn on their witches you know what i mean um and so i thought it was really as far as the season is concerned you know it was probably one of the more powerful issue uh, episodes because the um second in charge right was like we gotta go we can't expose ourselves we can't risk it and the bellwether girl was like and this is that moment where you're like it doesn't matter we have to take a stand we have to rescue you know the people that are being persecuted and will very likely be murdered so it's that it's that um it's that uh the narrative is not the word I'm looking for. It's that thing where you you just can't follow orders. You have got to take a stand. You have got to, you know, go outside of the... So I thought they did that really well because the Bellwether girl insisted they stay and that they would rescue the people who were likely going to be murdered. And then she was able to, in a relatively rousing Henry V's speech, you know what I mean, about getting into battle she was able to convince all of those witches to not work with the humans again and to like join back you know the witch you know the witch side which i thought was important and done well so that was most of episode seven so to me if you guys are complaining about treading water fine but that but that episode at least i thought gave us something a little bit more powerful and poignant you know what i mean even if we're treading water at least to me it was you know it was good to watch all right uh let's move on 
Uh, next up, we're going to talk uh, Resident Alien. And this was the second half of season two. Uh, comes back with the big cliffhanger of um, Harry. That's his name. Yeah, his his birthday party gone crazy, and alien babies being born, trying to eat people. And uh, he gets shot by the mobster from New York. And what's crazy about well, one, I thought the the captive birthday party from last season was not my favorite, but this uh, episode they're trying to get some forward momentum and get the they have a new murder, new case, and they're trying to breathe kind of life into the show. I'm not sure yet if that's working. Uh, Allison, what do you think? Um, I I thought it was an enjoyable episode. I I think they've you know done funnier stuff before, but you know pretty much every time they go back to Alan Tudyk, it's going to be fun to watch. And this was a lot of that. And fortunately, they kept I think the the town characters to a relative minimum um and and so that that worked for me uh as for the the new murder well i mean you know we've been they've been going in this direction for a while we've got you know these these uh mob characters who who are running around we don't we're not sure whether it's like some kind of corporate mob really um and we're not sure what what they're after ultimately that hasn't been defined yet and then we've got this other threat, not only of the, the little alien baby, but also the information that there's another alien, alien race, race yeah. waiting in the wings. So and, is that the guy uh, uh, the guy from all, all the Joss Whedon shows? What is his name? He's, he's a sniper from last season. He sniped that guy on the bridge. What is that actor's name? He has a really weird like Russian name that I cannot think of right now. Uh, but he's in like everything... I really like the actor, um, but he sniped somebody, but then his eyes like blink white, and I was like, "Wait a minute, is which alien? Is he the different alien? Is he the alien?" I, from... I would assume so. Yes. Okay. Since that's not usually a human trait. <laughs> well, I knew he was alien, but I didn't know if he was like the hairy kind of alien or a different kind of alien. Like that yeah. was not quite clear to me. Yeah, I think the big thing is that you know we've have we've got this this um, problem with Asta having a meltdown because she shot this guy to protect Harry, right. and she's just being destroyed by guilt. So Harry has now wiped her her mind of this event, and who knows what else he's actually wiped out as well. And and you know I mean, we're going to see I guess the blowback from that in the next episodes or episodes. Um, so so there's that too you know i i'm i'm not sure where the show is going altogether at this point but it still makes me laugh alan tudyk especially makes me laugh so i you know i'm i'm happy with it okay that's all i gotta say about that too all right let's move on we're gonna talk about a league of their own we're gonna talk the first two episodes of that and let's start off with peter uh, you haven't talked in a while, and I know you've watched at least a few of this show. So, uh, what did you think? I like it a lot. I'm not a fan of the movie. I always thought the movie was pretty meh. Um, but I understand why the movie had, had become kind of a cultural thing, for, for especially for um, women view, women audiences and stuff. But I thought the show just works really well. Like, I, I, it's paced really well. I mean, because it's... It's uh, co-created by Abby Jacobson and Will Graham, and I both like both of those actors. Um, and I, 
I guess one thing, I guess um, I, I want to let other people talk, but I the, the two things that I really like is, one, I like, obviously, that because it's a segregated, like, time, sort of, because in some places... Not sort well, of. Not sort of. Well, because, well, it is, but also legally not, because remember when... Oh, yeah, they said all the, the laws that are passed, but it's, right, it doesn't laws, matter, though. Like, right, it doesn't matter, right. But um, I really like having the Max character as, you know, that, like, so much of like the Rockford Peaches, it's like, I mean, they're all white, even though they have their own, you know, things that they're going through. Like a lot of them are queer and stuff. And obviously in that, that era, that is a huge thing. But like Max can't even get, she can't even like, is it audition? She can't even try out. There you go. She can't yeah. even try out in the pilot. And so it puts her on a very different path. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Cause I was like, where's her? Path? Well, and since we're only talking about the first two episodes in the first two, it feels like her plan is like, well, okay, if I can get in, get this job at a factory, then maybe I could join the team, even though that team is all men. Like, that's her best option, like, right now. And I, I think that's very fascinating. The best thing I like, one the two of the things that I like about the show is I like how the vernacular, the dialogue, and the music is actually kind of anachronistic, but it kind of works. Like, they'll have a, they'll, like, they'll do an 80, like, a song from Heart, but it works. I'm not like, wait, this music wasn't around in the 40s. Or the way the characters talk, especially someone like Abby, you know, from Broad City, she has a vernacular that feels more of our time, but I kind of like it. Normally, I don't like that kind of stuff because I'm like, well, no one would talk that way. But for some reason, it it just makes everything flow really well. Um, and then the other thing I like, as I said before, is I like that the show seems to be, I've only seen like, I'm on the fourth episode now, and I think it's an eight-episode thing. But I like that it is two, it's basically two characters that we're following. One is the traditional one, like the movie, which is like, oh, it's her, and she's trying to figure out one about obviously being closeted and married, and what does that mean? And then the other being Max, being a person of color, and it's like she can't even like get on the team, so now she has to figure out a different way. I think that dynamic, those kind of elements, I think works the show really well. And I also think it's a really good-looking show, like like Marvelous Maisel. I like the costumes, I like the color, like, and also even though the subject matter can be serious, it's a light show in a good way. Like it doesn't, like when moments can be heavy, they are, but when I put it on, sort of like Maisel in a way, I'm not thinking, oh, this is gonna be heavy and sad. It's like, no, no, it has a, it has an energy about it that I like. So yeah, I like it a lot, thumbs up. Uh, uh, Yusin, I know you took some time to watch this. What'd you think? Uh, I didn't hate the show. Um, but if someone just straight up walked up to me and was like, hey, have you seen League of Our Own? And I was like, yeah. And they'd be like, what'd you think? And I'd be like, I didn't really like it. Um, I thought that, uh, and I read some reviews because I like to be really fair. And I was like, well, maybe I was in the wrong mood for it, or maybe this, or maybe the things I'm seeing literally aren't there. I'm just nitpicking. So I jumped online and I found that a lot of people who, even people who e liked the show, uh, echoed uh, what I had to say, which was, uh, and I'm sorry, I do apologize greatly if, Peter, you already said some of this stuff, but then it'll just seem like I'm agreeing with you. Um, I thought that uh, the show was very anachronistic in a way that, like, I couldn't give it a pass. You <laughs> know what I, I mean? He that's said the I opposite mean. of what you just said. I'm the opposite. Oh, that's what I like okay. about it. So, but, I, yeah. but I'm agreeing. Yes, it is anachronistic, but I like that. Yeah, but, well, let me finish about what I didn't like that was anachronistic. And, and maybe... They, they, you know, it's the same or opposite or I don't know, whatever. Uh, but for me, 
uh, you know, as a costume designer, as a blah, 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 that was all fine. It was, you know, it's always nice. I know you, I, you know, you said this stuff about Miss Maisel and that stuff that it's, you know, it's, it's a dramedy or, you know, it's a comedy, but it's feelings and da, da, da. Fine. I agree with all of that. I actually think that the comedy part felt incredibly flat. Um, I thought that the stuff that was more serious and moving, supposed to be moving and poignant, all of that seemed even though, honestly, it wasn't great, it was the better part of the show for me. Um, the part, I, yes, Miss Maisel is supposed to be a comedian. So, but we're not just talking about the show, you know, when she's on stage. The entire show is charming and funny and sweet and very fun, like comedic. The beats are all perfect. This show, I thought, uh, I very much disliked the lead. And I'm very tired of the sort of shy, bumbling, insecure, you know, blah, blah, blah woman. We're, we've gotten that a lot in the last five years, I think, you know what I mean? Uh, and so, and, 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 you know, I forgot her name and she's great. Her name should not, she does not deserve to be forgotten, but from, um, the, uh, you know, the show we all love so much, the heaven the and hell place. show. Thank you. The good place. Darcy, Darcy. Um, she's to me, obviously you can tell she, you know, I think she's the best part of the show. Uh, I wish she was actually the lead. You know what I mean? It, it, it felt a little uh, like every time she came on the scene, in the scene uh, scenes, I was like paid more attention. So that's not a good thing. If you're like, your supporting characters are, are much stronger, but I want to get to the anachronistic thing before I, you know, stop talking. Um, I, I, it pulled me out that they cursed so much. It really did. And uh, I'm sure people cursed back then. I'm sure they did. Right. But I just can't believe that they dropped so many F bombs in the thirties and forties. You know, I just can't. And it's so jarring, you know, so jarring, uh, you know, and even if they did curse, I still feel like the, they didn't curse in that way. You know, even if they use the F bomb, I don't know how to explain it, but a lot of people uh, online and whatever, even professional reviewers, whatever, it, it was too much for me to just let it go, you know? So as far as the look of the show and this and that, I'll wrap up. Uh, for me, um, I, I liked the, um, sorry, I don't know anybody's names. I know that the, um, the lead that I don't like is from Broad City, the, 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 the black actress. There's two, I mean, there's lots of, but the main actress, uh, while I liked her at first, I just then found her unlikable as the season, the two episodes went on, because I thought the writing, not her necessarily, made her too angry, too abrasive in a way that was like, you can be, you know, uh, appalled and you can be, you know, all, all of the things that she was. I just, I didn't, I didn't, you can be those things, but still be really likable and root for her. I didn't, I didn't I liked her best friend way better. You know what I mean? Uh, and even that scene with, with the crabs and wanting to, you know, throw the party and for her husband, I thought all of that was great. I really did. And looping in, you know, the, 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 the racial segregation and the, you know, all of that, uh, not all of that, like I'm dismissing it, but uh, the different aspects of that, even her not being able to try out. And then like, I, like I said, the more family stuff of just trying to go shopping, you know, so they kind of covered their bases, no pun intended, um, you know, about uh, that kind of those, th that kind of aspect of the show, which I think is great. And lastly, I want to say, which I think this is unfair, I read a lot of people complaining about the sapphic aspect of the show, you know, and that it's not even one character. Now it's just about, you know, so there was a little bit to me of the, I didn't know that that's what we were getting at all. And I'm fine with that. Uh, but it was a little like, you know, L wordy for me, you know, the L word of the, you know, um, you know, sort of uh, that kind of aspect. So and, and the way they introduced it, 
I thought was a little weird, you know, just grabbing someone and throwing them in a coat closet or wherever. And, 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 and I just thought, well, okay. I mean, I don't, I, I just, I feel like the beats of the show and the timing of the show are off for me, especially with the comedy. I debated last night uh, just to myself, curiously, last thing I will say is if I'm going to even watch another episode, I do not hate the show. So I thought, like I always say to you guys, give it, give it three, give it four, give it two, whatever it is. And I think there's only eight episodes. So I feel like to be fair, I should watch another episode. Um, and lastly, though, and I'm not digging it. I'm not digging because there's always that book versus movie thing. This is movie versus TV series thing, which is a little different. The sh- the movie, which I don't think it should be compared to necessarily, but was so charming and got the comedy so well. Did it so the balance of the tone was so well done that even if there isn't as much baseball in this and you know all the things that are different, I'm willing to give it that because it's a series. You've got eight episodes to explore things. You're clearly exploring stuff that wasn't explored in the movie, so it isn't as a basic complaint as a lot of people have. Anyway, I'll stop now. So I really want to like the show, love the show. I want it because I love the movie. So I, talking about it out loud with you guys and listening to what Peter said, I will probably give it at least one more episode. I'm going to uh, completely disagree with you, Yusun. I really liked the show. I thought it, all the things yep. that you didn't like, I liked. And I, I was not... I'm not in it necessarily for the comedy. And I also, I haven't seen the movie. So I don't have a movie to compare it to. So for me, it felt it it was its own thing. And I judged it as its own thing. And I really, I'm just saying, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the characters. And I felt that the black character who you were talking about was so angry. I thought she had every right to be angry. I thought that she could be just as angry as she wanted. None of that threw me out. None of that made me dislike her. I felt for her, like, the only thing that I was, like, uh, was, like, bumping her on was maybe how she used that guy to get the job. Like, that that I totally get, but I got where, the thing is, everything was against her. So she had to use every single thing that she could to get anywhere. So I was not mad at her at all. My opinion falls somewhere between the the two of yours. I actually enjoyed the show. There was a lot to like about it. I liked most of the characters. Um, I, I thought it was cast extremely well. Um, the costuming, the look of the series looks terrific. Um, but like, but as has been pointed out, um, the dialogue and the the music is very anachronistic. And I'm I'm kind of with you, Sin, and not being able to tolerate that. My feelings. Every, every time somebody would, would say something that was just purely modern dialogue, I would think, couldn't you have researched for five minutes to, to find out how people would have expressed that in the 40s? Because they have their own way of talking, their own slang, their own idiomatic speech. I, I, don't you and think for a second that it was maybe, maybe deliberate that they did that? I, 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 don't, I don't care if it was deliberate. It took me out of the scene. It took me out of the moment. I, if you're going to set something in a particular period, make it a period piece, unless it's completely Fantasia from Mars, you know, like this has this, sure, it's like in ancient Rome, but we're having people act like it's modern times, you know, they're doing the Flintstones version of this, so who cares how they talk. If you're really trying to set it in the 40s, which seems to be what they're doing, complete with, with addressing uh, social issues, racial issues that existed at the time, the issues of, of segregation and everything else, which they're taking very seriously, then I 
I am looking forward to them actually immersing me in that period, which includes having people speak the way they spoke back then, which was colorful and wonderful, and, and there's no reason to not use that, and, and to have music that's appropriate. Because half the time, the mu and, and the reason I don't think that it was really delivered is half the time the music was appropriate for the period. You know, they have, they have a mix of it. And so it's like great when they're using all this, this stuff from the 30s and 40s. But then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we get something that's like from Janis Joplin or from Hart or whatever. And, and it just it, it made me just go, what is that? And it, it's like my the breaks in my brain suddenly went. Um, so I I I'm not saying I don't like it. I did enjoy most of the series, but I think there are certain things about it that are problematic that just pull me right out of the moment whenever they do it. And and that's kind of it. And I think that they they should have just had more fidelity to the period that they're trying to address. All right, let's move on. Um, we are running out of time, so I'm dropping Paper Girl for right now. We're going to, because that's like three episodes. Uh, so we're going to move on to, uh, next up, we're going to talk what we do in the shadows. And uh, we have a couple episodes to talk about. One is the Colin Robinsons trying to get into private school, and they have this really long session where they're talking to the headmaster, and they keep hypnotizing him every five seconds. Uh, so, Tom, you haven't talked in a while. What did you think of that episode? I'm assuming you saw it. Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay, then. Uh, Allison, you want, you want to start off? Yeah, sure. I, th I thought, actually, this was one of the funniest episodes of the season. I was, I was laughing so hard I could hardly breathe. Just the, the, you know, the way they start out with, with this interview, the guy coming to, to their house and, and trying to give the best impression they possibly can and completely messing up because they do not understand human beings um, and, and what they're looking for. And, and Guillermo is, is trying to, to write this this. Uh, train so it doesn't fall completely off the track um, and all of his his efforts are being undermined it, it just it, the way it built to this this point that it was just these frantic resets of and recombinations of people pretending to be the, the parents of of little Colin Robinson on you know on the couch and you know it, it just it just got to the point of of such manic crazy, bizarreness um that i just i i loved it i loved the entire scene i love the the entire episode it was it was just wonderfully done wonderfully paced and i think they just kind of threw everything at the wall and it's it's this kind of rare kind of episode where that approach actually is the right one it's it was it was hilarious uh, go ahead uh, go ahead oh yeah yeah, no, I was just, I can't parrot it enough. I just want to climb on that, you know, uh, on, 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 on board that float with you um, and, and celebrate in a parade because I 100% thought it was probably the funniest episode of the season and maybe even top five of the series. I don't know, top 10. Um, uh, because I will just say this. I'm surprised. I believe, I could be wrong. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Libya, but I, I could, I think we had an off podcast conversation about your favorite character probably being Guillermo, right? Not probably, and, 100%. Okay, great. So, so, um, and and the, I think you also said, in it, or maybe even on podcast, no, maybe right before it, that you did not like this episode, that you oh, thought I it was... I really despised it. 
Okay, great. So just just to make sure I understood, you know, where we're at with your feelings, because I'm so surprised because I don't know if the podcasters know this. I'm sure if they've been listening, I mean, sorry, the listeners, you know, that you are not, have not been a fan uh, of the show. But I just would like to tell the listeners, since they can't see you, you are now wearing a T-shirt from where we do in the shadows. So clearly we've, you've kind of come around. And to me, I'm surprised you didn't like the episode because it was, a, it was an episode that really showed – uh, Guillermo being so put upon, right? And it's so it yes, really but, but part like... of it is they're all sitting in one room, and and yeah. for me, it felt like the humor didn't land for me. Part of sure. the th- part of the issue that I have with what we do, what took me so long to get into the show, is the standard yeah. humor for the humor for the show doesn't work for me. I don't really find right. it funny. There. And there. so what really got me into, sh- into the show was Guillermo's point of view and what he's doing and, and, and yeah. the hilarity of his character. So this episode, yes, he's in it, but he doesn't really have anything. He's no, not see, actively he's not doing does, though. Anything. I mean, he's, he does, he's the only competent person in yes. that yes, room. Yes, he's making comments from the so peanut stressed. gallery. I, but I didn't, I didn't like the premise. I didn't like, well, it's just something, I, it didn't work for me. I, I don't know well, how to specifically say it, but. Well, I mean, I don't have to say much more than what uh, Allison said, because I, you know, like I said, it's everything. But I think I'll go one step further or, or I'll say something. I'll add something, which is it felt like brilliant improv. Like I would have loved yes. to have been on the set, right? right. I, I imagine they took like 25 takes as opposed to the 10 we saw. And they just, in editing, they're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to use this one. Do you know what I mean? Oh, and absolutely. I feel like they... Yeah, I re and I loved that energy about it, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, so I I would love to see the outtakes. I mean, I would pay to see the outtakes and see what was left on the ed- editing room floor. So I will move on to the second episode, the, the mm-hmm. next episode though, because I know we spent a lot of time on it. But somebody else, Peter, did you see it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, I yeah, I you, pretty much agree with, with you guys, episode. and I and I I liked the 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 new episode. The wait, so. The, the new last. one. The new one was the wedding, right? Yes, the wedding. Yes. Wedding. Um, I uh, I like I like them both. Um, I always love when I love that. Who's the guy? Is it the mass? It's basically their master, right? The he Baron. was basically like the Baron. skeleton. Yes, the Baron. Baron. Yes. So, so good. And he's played by Doug Jones. I love Doug was, Jones. Right. Doug Got Jones. to show his Doug face in bomb. this episode. Got yes. to show his face, which was great. And I, I love. I always love Laszlo because he's always so sexual, and I love yes. that. Like he is so down. He's so down to get down with him again, and then not just did. And he's like, oh, I need to talk to him. I need to get yeah. on that. Like, I, just, I love, I really love that about Laszlo's character. He is so unbridled in his, yes. like, sexuality and everything. Like, I've always loved that about that character. I, I find that, like, it's so body positive and everything. I just love it. I just, yes. I just love Laszlo. I, I, like, I, 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 I like the wedding episode better. That was uh, I did like the wedding episode mainly. I really like the bits where he's uh, uh, Nandor has been saying for episodes that everybody's against the wedding and everybody's against him. And Guillermo's like, no, 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 dude, it's just in your head. Everybody really likes it. You're fine. And then what happens when we get to the objection? There's like a line, a line yeah. of people that objecting. And I, I was like, yep, that's about right. And I, I, that was funny. I like that. I liked all the stuff that the people were objecting to, and. The thing with the genie and all the wishes was kind of crazy because he's like, you get 51 wishes. I was like, 51? That seems like a lot. But then yeah. when he starts using them in so trivial and crazy manner, yeah. I was like, okay, maybe there's not a lot. 
And then he's like, for your wedding, you get three wishes. And he's like, do I get to wish for more wishes? And he's like, no. Um, So I was just like, so we're still extending the wishes a little. Um, But all of the wishes stuff worked for me and just the wedding um, craziness. And what's the the woman who's in charge of the council? Like, she's the manager. I can't think of her name. She's the oh, bomb. she used to be called the guide. Yeah, yeah the guide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she gets Christine, to the mic. The she gets to the mic, Christine and she's all like, yeah. "She's like, Nando, when I first saw you, I fell in love immediately. Then I got to know you." <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, "And those feelings faded." Oh wow, that was that was the best for me. I, so. I, I wanna I wanna jump on what you said, Libya, about uh, I could not again. I felt like absolute improv for me, like the whole like you know. Um, community council, you know, where like people go and complain about, you know, road signs and, you know, this and that or whatever. And they all stood in line. I, again, I thought everything was brilliant. And I thought, yeah, this has got to have been like improv. Do you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm like, I'm sure they picked the favorite lines. The one where the gargoyle or the whatever with the wings, I don't oh, know. Oh, he was so deep. Yeah, yeah his comments were so deep. So, and that again, that's so contrary to like what we were hearing the whole time. So even the like yin and yang of it was great. And, uh, and, and I, ha- I will, I just, everything that everybody is saying, I have to agree with everything. So I, I know I just finished saying like, oh, the last episode was so great, but the two of these together was just, thank you so much. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like, uh, you know what I mean? It was, it, it pays off for the fans that, you know, we've, we've been with it. And I feel like I'm trying to think, I feel like if we gave these episodes to like a non-fan to see, I feel like we could win them over. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, it has much more meaning for us, you know, obviously, but I feel like they're that funny. And the last thing though, I want to say is special award to the gin because his dry humor, you know, just you know, peppered throughout and his eye rolling and his pen clicking and all of that has just been just really quiet, funny humor in the background. So I have absolute, he's definitely served his purpose. Uh, and I'm fine if he never shows up again, but, um, I loved him throughout the season. And so I thought it was great. All you of it. You took the words from my mouth. Cause I was going to say, I, I absolutely adore the gen. And yeah. I love the fact how, you know, with, instead of like waving a wand or waving his hands in the air, when he makes a wish happen, he cooks his pen. It's just <laughs> yeah. this little motion that's so, I mean, it, it's just, it's so bureaucratic, but so yep. absolutely. And he's odd, keeping you know, track of his little point. notebook and his little yeah. notebook. That's every yeah. single it's perfect. one. It's perfect. But, I mean, his attitude and pens. everything. He's so, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's so He's so, you know, bored with everything and, and just uh, just keeps notes and does this thing. No matter how stupid these are, he does it. And I love that when he finally gives Nandor this teeny tiny little lamp that's <laughs> just worth three wishes. It's like he's used all these wishes up, you know, and because he won't let him wish for more wishes, he's like, thanks for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, let's wrap this up. Let's thumbs up. Um... And welcome to the club, Livia. Yeah, I, 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 50% of those. Like, I didn't like one and I like the other one. So, there we go. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about the Sandman. And I want uh, Tom to start off because he didn't talk in the last panel. And we're just talking about the first two episodes. So, but what did you think of the pilot, Tom? I have loved Sandman since it originally came out. I thought this was an extremely loving and faithful adaptation. The things that they had to change, like the gender of uh, Constantine and the pronunciation. <laughs> uh, 
But other than that, Gaiman was involved. Gaiman, David Goyer, and um, Alan Heinberg are the three executive producers. Heinberg's the showrunner. Uh, I loved it. I just thought the casting was great. They hit the story points. It's um, the first story arc is interesting because you have to start at the beginning. But when they published the when they started publishing the graphic novels as collections, they chose to publish Doll's House first, and then they went back and did Preludes and Nocturnes and Dream Country and put out a uh, you could buy the two and a box a box for the with the two in them and a place for for Doll's House which had been previously released. But Tom Sturridge is new to me. I think he's great, and Morpheus is a tricky character because. He's the the comic is this weird mix of anthology, and also there is a narrative through line, and throughout the seventy five issues of the of the original run, you have anthologies. You have you have uh, basically volumes which are collections of short stories, and then you also have volumes which tell a complete narrative. And so for this first season, they adapted Preludes and Nocturnes, the first the first volume and then they then they did adapted doll's house uh, i just everything first episode basically morpheus is imprisoned because uh our favorite go-to evil brit <laughs> <laughs> charles dance to you charles, sir charles dance plays roderick burgess who's trying to trap death and accidentally gets her younger brother dream instead and holds him prisoner for decades. Hundred years. So, say what? It was a hundred years. Yeah. Well, yeah. Basically, for in the uh, series, yeah. Yeah, a little over a, about a century, give or take. But that's episode one. And episode two, once once Dream gets out, basically because of Burgess' dysfunctional family and whatnot, and we we re- revisit them later. He starts collecting his. Uh... No, he doesn't. He doesn't start collecting anything yet. In the second episode, it's him going to his kingdom and seeing it destroyed. And episode then, episode two, he starts. He visits Cain and Abel. Yeah, but I'm just saying he doesn't go get his things yet. But he's in. He's in pursuit of his objects. Yeah. But I think too, for me, the highlight is the fact that he realizes what's happened since he's been gone, like the weight of it. That's really what the episode is about, is him seeing his his kingdom destroyed, that he's weak, that he doesn't have the power that he used to have. And he's like, okay, uh, I can't rebuild my kingdom without my items. What do I have to do to get them back? What do I need to do? And uh, I know Yusin wants to talk about the Gregory moment, because... Go ahead. I said this to you guys, but I said this to other people as well because some people had asked me about it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I've started it." Blah blah blah, and I posted this. I will plagiarize myself. Uh, You know, I, I I okay. No, I'll start this way. I, I'm a, I'm a good example, right, of the book versus of this, whatever. I, I know so little about the character and the story. So from the get-go, they got me. We'll get to Gregory in a second. I hate voiceovers. I think most of us do. But when his voice, I have no idea who this man is, right? And I don't know the series. I don't know the show. I don't know what I was in for. 
when his voice came on and he started to talk about it, I thought, I'm going to say 10 seconds in, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to like this. I was like, the, the, what he said, the voiceover, all of it. So I was like, wow, you know, the world building, the, the look of the show, the colors, the acting, all of it. So then when we got to Gregory, the gargoyle, right? I think he's a gargoyle, dragon, yeah, yeah, gargoyle. Yeah, he's a gargoyle. Gargoyle. Okay. Because I know nothing of the show, guys. So so I was already invested. I was interested at the I wasn't even invested. I was just super, super interested. And then I thought to myself, I was like, you, you took six minutes and you took me on an entire emotional journey, right? I fell in love with this gargoyle. I cared about this gar, you know, and then I was like, and then you kill the gargoyle. And I was like in near tears. And I was like, if a show can make me have an entire emotional journey of a CGI character and that CGI wasn't even amazing, you know what I mean? Like I thought, wow, this show is really, I think it's gonna work for me. You know, it does such a brilliant job of making me care about every character, every character even the relationship between uh the guy who um imprisoned uh, morpheus and who was his lover or husband you know i don't know and i i think i'm not wrong he he was the one that purposefully broke the, the ward the or seal, whatever yeah, and allowed it. Yeah. Seal, yeah so even that tiny little moment was like poignant for me and i really just thought every every the big moments the little moments the look of the show i'm very excited i haven't been this excited about uh, a, like a fantasy show in a very long time, especially because I'm so unfamiliar with it. So I have zero expectation. There is ve- there is no chance for me to be disappointed about the adaptation. I, that wasn't a diss to anybody else. In fact, Tom, I'm very happy that as someone who's f- so familiar with the uh, material that you you are being you know satisfied and you know you're pleased with it. But for me, it's just completely brand new. So it is just a lovely, lovely surprise. It's rich to listen to. It's rich to look at. I think the score is great. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. And and for me, uh, I think the acting. I mean, again, uh, sort of like it can be a, a chore, a labor to like watch someone who's like fully emo and kind of you know this and that. I mean, you know, it's a it's a thing. I you know, I'm not saying it's not even a trope. It's a character. We get it. Sometimes it can be like exhausting or annoying or draining to watch. But I am fully. Uh, in his corner and invested. So even though I'm, I'm going to watch apparently an entire season of him being completely emo, uh, I love it. I think he's doing a brilliant job. It's it's he's it's never a caricature. It's never um, you know what I, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. just the, everything about it is just his. I'm so, I'm so impressed by this actor who I've never heard of. That's all it. Right, That's all I want to say. Uh, Peter, your thoughts. Yeah, I um I caught up last night. I watched the first three, but I know we're talking about only Just the first, the first two. two. Yeah. Um, I like it a lot. Um, the whole Gregor thing, absolutely. I feel the same way. Um, I like that. So it's gonna sound like a weird comparison, but sort of like The Crown. It is a show where it has a it has a it seems to have a seasonal story. He needs to get his stuff back. Right. That's right. his thing. Whatever. But each episode, because we meet a new character, a new thing, we almost kind of have a self-contained thing, which is what The Crown does. The Crown is very big on that. And I think it works really well. Um, The only thing that is a little strange for me, I think it works, but it's strangely, if I had to say my least favorite thing, even though it's not really bad, is it it is sort of what Yusin was saying is like – 
is uh, Dreams, you know, the main guy, uh, the emo quality. I sort of wish he was more emo. Like He, he was emo. more emo? Is that possible? <laughs> How could you make him more emo? How is he more emo? How could that because he's not Because he's, he's, dour, he's dour, but when I think of emo, I, always, I also think of a rush of emotions. His whole thing is that he, like, he's always holding it in, and emo yeah. tends to vacillate. Emo tends to be, like, very much like this, and then I just have to express myself. Like, it, it's usually back. Mm-hmm. So far, he does not do that, and, and he's I guess a cipher. He's That's a cipher. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess to me, like he. It's funny because Tom. Tom will know this. Um, when was Sandman written? Uh, late eighties. I was stationed in Japan, like eighty-seven or so. Because it makes me think about how, like, you had Frank Miller's Dark Knight, you had um, Alan Moore's Watchmen, and then you had Sandman. These huge pillars of like comics becoming like legitimized and considered like an art form and all three of them have these kind of dour serious kind of people and it's like thank god the rest of the cast has all this emotion and everything because it is a little i was like it's not that i don't understand because technically he's you know he's a he's an endless he's not a human so it's like his his emotions are not necessarily like ours but he's kind of a hard character to to root for or no, feel. I totally disagree. I think but you I, could yeah, absolutely yeah, I totally root for disagree. him. But I really yeah. like, like, I really, well, like the Gregor scene, I was like, F you, man. I was like, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was, that just proves what a great actor he was because like, he was conflicted. It was beautiful. It was so poignant. Yes, he was. I thought he was. I read it. Yeah, I read it. It was so beautiful. It was so noble. He knew that the sacrifice was so noble, and you could see how much he didn't want he to didn't ask. He didn't want to do it at all. He also yeah. respected the choice. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I don't no, know. Peter. You need to read his character better, Peter. You need to get your you need to get your emo glasses on. Go ahead. I really like the show. Like I, I thought the first episode was so great. Just so I love it. You know, he's in this cage, a hundred years or whatever. I love what's his, you know, the guy from Game of Thrones, Charles Dance. Charles Dance. Yeah, he's great. You know, and I love in the second episode. Is that is that is it Joey Richardson? Is that who the Joey Richardson? Yeah, Joey. Yeah. She's great. I, I think she's terrific. And like yeah. where that where that leads in the third episode is really good. Like no, no, no. I am all on board. I really like the show. I am just saying, though, it is one of those instances, though, where it feels like it's a show where you have these really colorful ensemble characters that, to me, balance out what I see as a little muted with the lead character, even oh, if it's that, by design. That's all. That is, I, I bet you there was a temptation to try to alter Dream's character, and Sturridge does such a good job right down the line. He's good. I'm not saying he's bad. But, like, but they give him, you know, for the... Allison, have you finished it like I have? Hey, hey, yeah, hey, no spoilers. No, no spoilers. No, we're not. No, I, I don't, but yes, I have. I will say he does get a character arc in season one, and I, I, I thought that that was... It was made much more... It was brought forward, whereas it's more subtle in the graphic novels. I thought that that was a wise choice for the, mm-hmm. but they didn't sacrifice anything. But man, those of you who don't know, don't know the story or whatnot, you're in for a treat, especially about. Okay. Especially Yay! once. Especially episode six is kind of a standalone. It's a knockout. Wow. wow. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Let's 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 no 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 more spoilery things. All right, Allison, you haven't gotten to speak yet. A a graphic novel that's been out for like. Hey, not everybody's (laughs) read it. Literally didn't even know it existed, Tom. So okay, Allison. Rosebud is a sled. So there. Go go ahead, Allison. Okay. Yeah, I'm. My my take is a little bit different. I I think it was it was a gorgeously mounted show. I am not. I never read Sandman, but I've been aware of it for a long time. So I I knew kind of you know where the characters what what were supposed to be and that sort of thing. But I've never actually read it. Um, so I just came into this thing with semi virginal eyes. And um, I, I think it was it was beautifully it's beautifully done it's beautifully cast um, the actors are all excellent in it um, you know some of them are, are absolutely stunning um, David Thules who, who who's in it is just amazing um, and uh, Sturridge as Yusin uh, brought up is a revelation to me because I'd never seen him in anything before yeah. and I thought he was absolutely brilliant and he certainly looks exactly like he walked right out of the comic. Um, you know the thing is, uh, as 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 good as it was, and I I did enjoy it. Um, at no point did it deeply affect me. I I just there was never a moment. Uh, well, I just want to be let, let's look. Episodes or, I was about or to say, any, can we? Yeah, yeah can we? I, I know you're I'm talking about it as a whole. Confine, please, yes, please confine. I'm confine myself to just the first two episodes. Um, there, there was never a moment where I, I felt completely emotionally invested and wrapped up in what was going on. And the Gregory thing, I think, you know, stands out because I know most people were like, oh, poor Gregory, justice for Gregory. And, you know, they're, they're all about that. And he was supposed to be cute and adorable. And, and I think that's part of the problem. I, I, he, from the moment I laid eyes on the character and, and, based especially on what dream said beforehand that he had to take back yeah. uh something that he had created the second I, I i saw him i thought oh you know here's a character that was invented to die right. uh, it, it, though 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 a uh, fun fact he doesn't die in the comics Oh, okay, well, really? I didn't know that, but yes. cer- but certainly in the in the series, that's that's you know exactly what what they do with him, and and that's that's his function, and the, the, they they foreshadowed it with the scene beforehand, and then when we see it, you know they make him as adorable as possible, just this creepy <laughs> dragony puppy character. Oh, um, he's adorable. He's adorable. You just you go who? Grogo who? <laughs> you know, you, you just you're supposed to you're supposed to feel so upset when he dies, and that's the problem, I guess, because I just felt so manipulated by then mm. that I, who will cry over you know a touching tide commercial, I am <laughs> eat um, I I could not shed a tear. I just felt manipulated. Wow. I was like, oh okay, right now he dies. Okay, sure, right, right. I um, guess so, it also, but it still didn't matter. It was I thought it was still moving. You know what I mean? Because the yeah. acting. Uh, well then, the acting was excellent, and and I think you know the the casting of Cain and Abel was was great. I, uh, the two yeah. guys are wonderful, yeah. uh, especially Abel. I really liked him. Yeah. Um, and you know all of that. Like I said, there's nothing I could fault the show on, except that for some reason, I just even though even though I you know I enjoyed it, I was entertained by it. I did not become emotionally invested in it. Okay. Well, I. I didn't really speak yet, but I'm going to throw down on the side of I really liked it. And I've seen four, but uh, 
the first two I thought were really good setting the groundwork of the universe. Explain, you know, doing doing what it's supposed to do, which is world building. And also establishing that family. Um, we jumped around in time with the family and saw the beginning and end of it, you know, kind of. And all of that I thought was really pretty well done. And I can jump on everybody with the whole dream uh, his, I could tell from the trailers that that actor was going to nail this character. And I was not disappointed when I started watching the show. So I'm just going to say thumbs up. I can't wait to keep talking more about this show. Uh, and I'm not even going to be bad to have to like review the other two episodes I just watched in order to discuss for next week. All right. So thumbs up from us for Sandman overall, I would say. Uh, and if you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, sci-fi.radio, Winopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Bye.